This is a thousand ways to market your business, brought to you by Pushing the Envelope. We're gonna dive deep into all things marketing to help you reach your goals. Tune in and let's grow your business. Welcome to another episode of A Thousand Ways to Market Your Business by Pushing the Envelope. I'm Samantha Scott, APR, and I'm joined today by Trisha Mulis, our digital marketing specialist. Hi. Glad to have you here today. Thank you. It's nice to be here. Yeah. And no better person to talk about this yeah. from our team because we're talking about lots and lots of digital tools today, all the ways to leverage digital to market your business. And this can be really overwhelming for people. Yes. Uh, we were just talking in the other room about generational differences. And I think depending on where you fall in that, this could be like your left hand, you're just used to doing this, mm -hmm. or it might feel super overwhelming. So um, let's talk about what these things are first when we talk about digital marketing tools, mm -hmm. and then we can think about how we use those. Yeah, for sure. So kind of a high level overview of digital tools, um, you know, you have social media, this is, you know, you have organic or paid. So that's Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, you name it, it's <laughs> probably out there at this point. Um, and you know, you have organic content, so that's everything that just goes to your followers that anyone that follows you, they're going to see it um, versus paid. You put money behind that. Mm -hmm. So that way you can really hone in on a target audience to get your message to those people who need it. Um, and you know, you, that's two way form. Um, you can interact with them so you can kind of control that messaging a little bit better, um, you know, minus comments, of course. Um, so, but that's the beauty of it, the two-way communication. People can interact with you. Yeah. Um, email marketing, you know, you have that set list of users. So that's, you can really personalize these messages. So mm -hmm. if you have a sale or, you know, a specific product, this is perfect to get get those, that message out to those people. And I'll interject there. I think that's a great point is that you talked about social, you talked about email. There are a variety of different things in a digital marketing toolkit. I think that's really important. So social is not equal to digital marketing. No. It is only one part of <laughs> Far it. Far from it. And I probably should have said that at the beginning. So we have social media. There's SEO, which is search engine optimization. There's pay-per-click or PPC. There's email. There's text messaging. There's geofencing. There's paid. There's organic. All of those things. Huge list. Yes. So I'm sorry to interrupt you. I just, I, I want to make sure that you guys are clear when we're talking about digital marketing. It's a broad spectrum of digital tools. Yeah. And it is not a one-size-fits-all. It does not mean that you need to do all of them. Um, but in this intro, Trisha is going to kind of give an uh, overview of what to expect from each of those. So social, mm -hmm. kind of that two-way, lots of different channels within social, paid and organic, and email as well. And really touch on kind of where we can customize these things. And a lot of them you can do organically or AKA free, um, mm -hmm. aside from your time. And then the paid components too. Yes. Yeah, and that's, you know, you mentioned another really important one, SEO. So search and then engine optimization, um, you know, that's optimizing your website so people find you. You know, you want, when you type in something in Google, you want to find what's relevant. Yes. So if you maximize your website or optimize it, I should say, you know, people are really going to be able to find you and, um, you know, it's really important. And then I think that's something that'll be really important for our viewers to know about of what does that mean? I think lots of us have heard SEO or search engine optimization, but what does that mean? So I'm excited to go over that later. Yeah. And it's really kind of just a term that I feel like it's thrown around sometimes when <sighs> yes. people don't really understand what it is. And it's a long game strategy too. You know, you can't make adjustments one day and expect it to be perfect from then on out. Um, it's definitely something you know you keep up with, and it, it's a long yeah. game. Um, versus PPC, on the other hand, that's kind of a short game. Um, so that's pay per click, like you mentioned. Yep. So you're paying per click. So you pay to get those top rankings on websites and kind of help people find what they need. This is perfect for those companies that 
or selling products or looking mm -hmm. for those conversions, yep. putting money behind that for PPC is fantastic. Or making reservations, things like that. So yes. bookings, that kind of stuff. Yeah. So pay-per-click is that short game to your point. So I pay for this. I get the exposure. Um, it's, it's done. Versus SEO, which is kind of a longer game. So it takes mm -hmm. time for that to kind of get caught up with Google search engine, those types of things. But both of them work really well hand in hand to get the best ranking for your business. So when someone goes on the internet, if they're looking at Google, Bing, et cetera, they'll find you sooner. Mm -hmm. And we'll get into all those details. <laughs> yeah. So the important thing, you know, when you're looking at what tools to use is kind of thinking about your business's goals too. You know, kind of like you mentioned. Absolutely. It's not one size fits all. You do not need every tool in the toolkit. Um, you know, it's really finding out, you know, are you looking for sales, volunteers, um, just business growth? What, what does that look like for your business? And then figuring out what tools to yeah. use for that. Absolutely. And we've talked about that on a variety of these podcasts already. Setting your goals from the very, very beginning is absolutely critical. What are you trying to accomplish? Are you looking for awareness? Are you looking for transactions? Are you looking for bookings? What are you trying to accomplish? And then who are you trying to talk to? Who's your target audience? That's the other part of this too, is because you know all of these tools are really great for marketing a business, but that doesn't mean that it's right for your business, depending exactly. on what you're trying to accomplish. If you're a salon, you might take one approach. If you're a law office, you might take a different approach. Absolutely. So that's so important. And also keeping in mind that you're not marketing to yourself. Yep. So while we might be digital natives, and we might use all of these tools when we're looking for something, that does not mean that the audience for your business is doing that. Yep. And that's critical is to keep in mind. It's not the me show, it's not what I would like or what I'm looking for. It's how can I best get in front of my audience and help them make these decisions. So uh, social is one way and you know we've talked about this and we're gonna talk about it in another podcast later, but why social media is so different and why it really requires a balance of content that's both promotional as well as added value, conversational. Uh, and then there's email, which is fantastic. It's direct, it's one-to-one. Pay-per-click, SEO, um, there's all different kinds of resources available. I mean, mobile text messaging as well, um, lots of different things, but really be careful with choosing those. So we'll help you now. We'll talk about <laughs> kind of how to do that now that we've kind of defined them mm -hmm. and how do you build the best digital toolbox possible. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, kind of like you said, it's, it's finding that audience of where they're at, not where you're at. Yes. Um, you know, and like social media is the two way, you know, if you're looking for volunteers, just kind of the awareness part of it, um, you really do have to balance that with your promotion. So, yeah. you know, if you are promotion heavy on social media, people want authenticity. They don't want to see all your sales. You know, it's your called sales social pitches. media for a reason. Exactly. We have, you know, DVRs and streaming services now because we don't want to watch commercials. Yeah. So if your post content on social is commercial, people are going to tune out. They're going to unsubscribe, unfollow, all those types of things. Same with email. Honestly, it goes all across the board. Mm -hmm. um, but I think that's a really important part. And so we recommend a four to one ratio. So for every four posts that are added value, something about, you know, if you're a garden center, for example, tips for keeping your plants hydrated in the summer, what things should be in the sun or the shade, et cetera, then you get one promo post that might be about a sale or an event or something. Mm -hmm. It's a balance because people are obviously interested in doing business with you. Um, and maybe sometimes people follow just because they want the sales. But you have to balance it mm -hmm. with something else. I agree. You know, it's kind of finding those people. Not everyone's ready to buy or make that that move right then and there. Right. So it's just kind of staying relevant too. You know, just telling them, showing your expertise and whatever that may look like. So yeah. you know, garden center, the fertilizing or watering, yeah. um, or you know, restaurants, just the food you have, how it's made. Yes. You know, just kind of make make it fun. Mm -hmm. Versus when they're ready to buy and they see that promotion. 
yeah. they're going to come to you first, right. you know. And um, keeping it consistent with your brand, too, I think. Exactly. You no, know? because I think there's lots of fun things restaurants can do, but if that's not in your brand, if you're a more formal, you know, white tablecloth type of restaurant, that may not be in your brand voice. So stay true to who you are, even if you're on a more casual channel like Facebook or Instagram, for example. Exactly. And I think that kind of plays in the hand of you don't need to use every digital tool out there because it might not be right for your brand yes. and, and what you stand for, you know? Also, the volume of content. I mean, maybe you can speak to that a little bit, how much content you need per channel based on best practices. Yeah, and that's the thing is, you know, everyone thinks that you have to post every day or you're not gonna be relevant. That is completely false. <laughs> um, you know, we've actually done a good case study on it yeah. of less is more. You know, you don't always have to post more content to get those results. Sometimes your audience doesn't need to see it every day. Yeah. Um, you know, I think our general rule of thumb is kind of that three to four posts a week, depending on those goals too, mm -hmm. you know, to kind of keep that consistency with if you have promos you're going to put out. Right. Um, obviously, you're, you might have a little more content, um, you know, and I think, you know, Facebook it's just out there, um, you know, versus Instagram. It's the super fun. So Facebook can be either or, you know, kind of a little more serious, but that casual, that casual channel too um, versus Instagram. It's, it's the fun stuff. That's mm -hmm. where if you have anything kind of fun or trendy or, you know, whatever. When it's it all visual. Be. Exactly. Um, so, you know, the algorithms, they change all the time. Um, but, you know, Instagram, that's really just to have fun versus LinkedIn, a post, you might see a post from three weeks ago. Mm -hmm. So you don't have to have that consistency and the kind of the, the saturation on that channel yeah. because it's going to stay relevant for a long time. And there's two caveats to that too because with social, you also have Twitter, who's on the other end of the spectrum, which is microblogging, and you could post three to four times a day Absolutely. and not overwhelm that feed because it's more of conversation. Yeah. Um, so before you dive into Twitter, we always counsel folks to say, do you have enough content? Do you have enough to fill the appetite of that bird? Because <laughs> it's a hungry bird. Yes. So keep that in mind. Literally. <laughs> and if you don't have enough, then don't go into that space because the worst is to come out of the gate really strong and then crickets, right? Yeah. The other side of that is YouTube, where if you <laughs> might be listening to this going, oh my God, how am I going to do three to four posts a week? That's uh, so much content. You don't have to do that either. I think there's a balance with that. Absolutely. And um, it all comes down to your strategy and what you're trying to accomplish. But mm -hmm. yeah, I think um, the amount of content you have, the type of content, and then being true to your brand voice is very, and very important. And I think the biggest thing is just consistency. You know, if you can't get that three to four posts a week, that's if you can only manage one post a week, stick with it. You know, just stay consistent with yeah. it so your audience knows that too. <laughs> um, hey. We've talked a lot about organic content and developing content for that and publishing all of that. So this could be links, photos, videos, et cetera, but there's also the paid component of that. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, paid can be really valuable if you have the budget. Mm -hmm. Everyone, you know, you don't have to throw money at, at it. It kind of just right. depends on what your goals are. And the biggest thing with paid is being strategic. Yes. Everything should be strategic, of course. But if you don't know your target audience and how to how to find them and narrow that down, right. you're kind of essentially wasting money. But it's that's where the strategy comes in. Yeah. You find that target audience, you put a set budget with that, and it gets that message that you want to them directly in front of them. Yeah, and you can remarket. Um, so if somebody hasn't taken an action that you wanted them to take, you can follow with them. That's a warm lead. Or you can do lookalike audiences. There's lots of ways that you can use that um, boosting post, et cetera. But it's definitely um, a situation of pay to play. Mm -hmm. At this point with social, you can have the best organic content for your audience, and people aren't going to see it. You got to mm -hmm. put a little bit behind it, unfortunately. Yeah. I agree. And it's one of those things too is you might find those new audiences or the ones that they might be following you and 
those algorithms, if they don't see it, yeah. if you put money behind that, it's going to be on their feed. And then you can keep that momentum going. Yeah, exactly. So let's lean into email next. Yeah. So email is really important, but of course you have to adhere to can spam. We're not attorneys. We can't give you legal counsel, but I can tell you, educate yourself on the rules of uh, email marketing and making sure you're obtaining emails uh, the legal way and doing <laughs> the right thing, please. Um, so there's lots of ways. Once you build a list, if people have given you permission to market yeah. to them, to use that. Yeah. So email, the kind of the rule of thumb with emails is a 90 to 10 ratio. So 90% just that value add and then 10% promotional. But email is also a great way. That's your direct audience. So It's you in do, your hand, right? Who you doesn't do, have a yeah, smartphone? Exactly. Emails right here. So if you do have a promotion going on, get that in an email because your audience is going to see that. And ideally segmented if you can. Yeah. I mean, now we're talking a little bit more advanced email versus just one master list. You know, maybe it's segmented if you have a, a sales system that can track who's been in recently, who hasn't been in for a while, who's not been in for years that you mm -hmm. want to follow up with, um, or if you want to do birthday promos or other kinds of things, or even by product purchase that's really fantastic yeah um, if you can get very specific so you are giving messages and offers to your clients who are interested in that specific thing it's not just this putting out the message to everyone that might not be applicable you're making it very specific that I know Trisha likes this particular product line so she's in this list yep. so I'm gonna give her an offer related to that not just a mass offer exactly and that's where the personalization comes in with these emails um, is you know you can meet those people where they're at versus social you're putting it out there for everyone. So you right. might only get a specific, you know, lead off of that right. versus email. It's putting it in the hands of people who are opted into your email. So they're clearly interested. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, you're getting those that information or promotions right in front of them. Yeah, absolutely. It goes back to the example we used in a different podcast when Hannah was here and we talked about a mailer we did. And it was the right audience and the right offer. And they had spectacular results. The same methodology, you're just using email instead of postcard. Exactly. Yeah, awesome. So um, search engine optimization too, I mean, that's uh, another tool. So how you would do that, optimize the back end of your website. So this is the part that your public won't see. So people visiting the site. Um, so it's your H1 tags, your metadata, basically putting in all the information so that when Google runs through your site, they're seeing all of this information, right? So Google can't translate a picture, but if you put a description of what that picture is, that will help you. Or having certain tags, different keywords and things built into your site, so you rank higher. Mm -hmm. Super important, and as well as inbound links and things, a lot of technicality to that. But SEO is really a back end of the website type function. Mm -hmm. And then pay per click, like we talked about, you can do that through Google, through Bing, um, and there's many ways to optimize that. They're both paid. Mm -hmm. And to Trisha's point, it's pay per click. So you're only risking the budget that you set, and then you determine how much you're willing to pay per click. And depending on the industry you're in, it could be more expensive or less expensive. The more competitive, the higher the price. Um, but it's also really flexible because if something's right. going really well, you can put more into it if you have the budget. Yep. If it's not, you can change it midstream. You can have multiple campaigns running, but that's a really powerful tool um, really to get in is. front of folks. Yeah, absolutely. Especially kind of if it aligns with those business goals, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And making sure you're testing those calls to action because if you have kind of just the static PPC um, ad at the top versus a display image, which one's performing best, what terms are you using, what calls to actions are working. Um, so making sure you're documenting that so you can determine what campaigns work best and you can use Absolutely. those more in the future. Absolutely. And that kind of plays into everything, you know, just testing it, see what works and kind of refining it and going forward and, you know, finding what's working for your business and those goals. Yeah, right. 
So we've talked a lot about these channels, lots of digital tools from social to paid, organic, everything in between. Um, obviously, YouTube is big. Video is huge in all of these. Absolutely. <laughs> because you think about Instagram, it's all visuals. Yes. Um, Facebook is increasingly going visual. And of course, YouTube is entirely based on video. Yeah. So um, that's something you know I would be remiss if we didn't bring that up, the power of using some kind of video or imagery. Um, and you don't have to use super advanced equipment to do that. No. I mean, iPhones, even other Androids, they have incredible cameras now, and there's tons of tools and resources available to you. But we would strongly encourage you to make that part of your digital mix because people can absorb information faster when it's visual, um, and it's just an easier way to get the message out. Yeah, absolutely. Even just any kind of movement, it really catches the eye when you're scrolling. That's what's going to make you stop and yeah. look. Absolutely. And it puts faces to the name, right? Absolutely. Because especially when you think about social, people connect with people. It's social media. So the way we can leverage that through video and photos is really powerful. Yeah, especially if you have a business that, you know, a how-to might be applicable, that video is going to be fantastic versus images or just a long caption, you know. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So um, some other examples or ideas of how you can include um social tools, video tools, digital tools overall. Um, you can highlight employees. That's a re another really great content concept. And using user-generated content. You talked about the 90-10 in email. We talked about the four-for-one ratio on social. User-generated content is a huge part of that mix. Yes. And you can even use that on other channels as well because you're starting to tell people the story through others. So it's not us talking about why PTE is great. Someone else is gonna tell that story that resonates so much more. And that translates across every single industry. Absolutely, and that kind of goes back to the authenticity of it is, you know, a business can put out its message as long as it wants. Yeah. The second someone else has used it or they put out that same message, it creates that connection. Yep, absolutely. I mean, think about Amazon reviews. Absolutely. Nobody buys a product <laughs> without looking at the Amazon reviews. Exactly. Huh, it translates, absolutely. Um, okay, well, this has been a really fantastic conversation, Trisha. Thank you so much for sharing your knowledge. Uh, at this point in the podcast, we always go to questions. It's question time. So this is a good one. It's ROI focused, which if you all know me by now, that has my heart, <laughs> ROI. Um, so what are the most important metrics to track to determine digital marketing performance? That is a really good question, actually, and it really always goes back to the business's goals. Um, but I think kind of the key players, you know, for organic content, it's looking at that engagement rate. Mm -hmm. That's a percentage of the engagements based on your impressions. So even if you aren't reaching a ton of people, if you're getting a higher engagement rate, that means your audience is really connected with you and that's fantastic. So translation, <laughs> so engagement by impressions basically means if 100 people saw it and only 10 people engaged with it, that's really small. If 100 people saw it and 90 people engaged with it, that means they liked it, they shared it, they commented, et cetera. That's a fantastic engagement rate. And you want more of that content then. Yes. It kind of helps you know what to put out, what your audience is connecting with. Yes. And I think, um, you know, any kind of paid, looking at the click-through rate and the cost per click. Yes. So that's how much you pay per click, um, you know, and just looking at are people, are they clicking on it? If not, then yep. you're putting money behind something that people aren't interested in and then you're not getting those conversions on that. Yeah, the click-through rate. So that means someone saw it, one, they were exposed to it, they read it, and then they took an action. So they yep. actually clicked on it to go look at the thing. Ultimately, you would want to tie that with a conversion on the back end yep. or a sale that could be a reservation, uh, what have you, some kind of additional behavior change. Mm -hmm. um, but yes, absolutely. And then email, of course open rate and click rate. So kind of the same yes. idea with click rate. If someone opens your email, you want most of your audience to open it. So if you only have 20% of your audience opening your email, it's time to kind of look at your subject line. What kind of content are you putting in there? 
are people wanting to open it? What and time then, of day are you sending yeah. it? What day of the week are you sending it? Exactly. And then looking at that click-through rate. So once they're, they open it, what do they click on? Are they clicking on things? Did um, you include something for them to click on? Yeah. Because <laughs> that's the other <laughs> Did thing. Did you link everything? <laughs> <laughs> right. So you might have article, 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 but if they don't have anywhere to click, then your click-through rate's going to be zero. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So it's really kind of aligning, like I said, business goals, you know, what you're looking for. But those are really the kind of the key key pieces to look at to know how to refine your your content. Right. And we've talked a lot about tactical things. That's really insightful, Trisha. Thank you so much. Yeah. Um, but obviously, as Trisha mentioned at the very beginning of that statement, it all goes back to your goals. So what are you trying to accomplish? Is this awareness? Is this about sales? Is it about conversions, a promotion you're trying to offer? Um, and you can have different goals. You can have kind of the high level goal for your marketing overall, which is probably a combination of awareness as well as transactions. But then you can also have goals for specific promotions um, and getting those traction. So yeah. thank you so much. You're welcome. Well, this has been another episode of A Thousand Ways to Market Your Business. In the meantime, keep pushing. 